0: I want to talk about more what makes me a secular Buddhist. Uh, tricycle.org what are the four noble truths in his 45 year career crisscrossing the Ganges plain in northern india the buddha gave a wealth of profound teachings underlining them all were the four noble truths one there is suffering two there is a cause of suffering three there is an end to suffering for the way out is the eightfold path the buddha is said to have realized these fundamental truths on the night of his great awakening but fearing there were too far removed from ordinary experience for others to understand he decided to keep them to himself legend has however that the god brahma Sahapati intervened convincing the buddha he must pass on what he would learned so the buddha tracked down his former meditation companions the five ascetics who were residing in a deer park near benares in what is known as his first sermon the buddha taught them the four noble truths. The ascetics are said to have been enlightened on the spot the first noble truth, there is suffering. Dhaka in Pali and Sanskrit isn't pessimistic as is often believed, but realistic according to the three three uh, Vada Buddhist monk and scholar Wapala Rahula. The Buddha didn't mean that ordinary life is nothing but misery. Of course, there's sukha or happiness, he said. It's just that even happy moments are ultimately unsatisfying because everything changes. Now, I want to say that happy moments. Can be satisfying. What I think Buddha is trying to say is that happy moments are not to be worshipped, but they're meant to be filled with gratitude and inner peace as the mixture of what truly makes happy moments happy moments. Uh, Good, bad, and different. Nothing lasts. Impermanence anika like dukkha is one of the three inescapable facts of existence we all without exception are subject to aging sickness and death even the self isn't fixed or enduring and out of no self is the third mark of existence i think when they define as fixed or enduring meaning we physically don't last forever and it's not set in stone for us to physically last forever but i think that what's enduring is the beautiful legacies we leave behind what is fixed is is that other people even in death, we'll be rewarded by our goodness and multiply our goodness. Um, I think that impermanence is not fully the case. I think what it, what what everything of goodness, it does last. Meaning the beautiful memories that people have of you that can be shared with the world. If you have that kind of life meant to live or shared with the world of you the people that knew you to people interacting with you in your life that's what will last forever is that those stories will be told in the generation about you um trying to get what we want hang on to what we have while avoiding or rejecting what we don't want inevitably inevitably, leads to this point now we're not encouraging, um, don't try to strive for your goals and dreams that are positive. What the saying is, is that there are some things that are challenges that we have to face as we develop who we are as human beings. It ignorance of this reality is the root cause of suffering the second noble truth tells us the third noble truth that, that there is an end to suffering to saving grace pain and dissatisfaction are not all there it's just suffering is the it's an aspect of the human condition I wouldn't say it, that suffering is a human condition I wouldn't say that I would say that um, natural disasters type suffering is suffering we can't stop but we can stop abuse type suffering and we can end allowing people to hurt people as as bystanders filming. Watch we can end that type of suffering by stepping in. So too is the possibility of mental suffering. The fourth noble truth as the eightfold path Spells a practical action we can take towards our own awakening and freedom from the suffering of samsaric life. Faithful path give us in living ethically, training the mind and cultivating wisdom. Why are these truths noble? Exclamations vary. Some scholars hold that the four noble truths are the teachings that elevated or ennobled to the heart of Gautama by liberating him from samsaric existence. Similarly, they can uh, liberate us. So Andrew... Uh, Alinsky, a scholar of the Buddhist, explains what the Buddha taught. Tanasara Bhikkhu, a Tau Forest monk, discusses what noble, what's noble about the Four Noble Truths. The contemporary Buddhist teachers Stephen Batchelor, Christian Feldman, Akakano, and Weber question the traditional translation of the Four Noble Truths. Okay. I'll name. Mean, I'll tell you what secular Buddhism means for me because I want to focus on more of what I think and that's what other people are thinking. Basically I'm a practitioner of secular Buddhism. sometimes I'll refer to as agnostic Buddhism, Buddhist agnosticism, agnostic Buddhism, atheistic Buddhism, pragmatic Buddhism, Buddhist atheism, Buddhist secularism. Um, it's a broad term for form Buddhism based on humanist. Skeptical and agnostic values, valuing pragmatism and often naturalistic conclusions of natural or paranormal. So that's the kind of Buddhism that I practice. And secular Buddhism has its roots in modern Buddhist modernism, secular humanism. Uh, Secular Buddhism seeks, to impart the Buddhist teaching as a guide to full human flourishing in this life and in this world. Secular Buddhism emphasizes the praxis. Practice is the, pro- is the process by which a theory, lesson, and skill is enacted, and embodied, or realized. Practice most refers to the act of engaging, applying, exercising, realizing, or practicing ideas. Encouraging an autonomy and equally encompassing every aspect of one's humanity as modeled by the noble eightfold path, right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Such an approach is open to generating a wide range of responses to specific individual and communal needs, rather than insisting on there being one true of for all times and places. In quotations, um, secular Buddhism is founded on a reconfiguration of karma elements of the Dharma itself. So, yes, I'm a secular. I'm also a religious skeptic. I I did in this episode before, but religious skepticism is a type of skepticism related to religion. Religious skeptics question religious authority, not necessarily anti-religious, but skeptical specific or all religious beliefs or practices. Um, the kind of anti-religion I am, I am of, I am, I am of the opposition to tribalistic religion. I am of the opposition to transactional religion. I am the type of anti-religion that is in opposition to human rights violating religion. That's what my being anti-religion means In that in those contexts I am against um, unlawful religion, the kind of religion that that is okay with um, disrespecting law enforcement. I am of the opposition to cultic religion, religion that encourages cults. So that's what being anti religious means for me in only those contexts. But I am skeptical of specific or all religious beliefs and practices. I would say I'm skeptical of all religious beliefs and all religious practices. Um, because my religious skepticism is based on my humane concern for human rights violations of all kinds. And that's what bothers me. Let me talk about more of what I think. So I am, uh, I'm a Unitarian Universalist Buddhist. What does that mean? Uua.org. The faith of Unitarian Universalist Buddhists, a path of by James Ishmael Ford. I've been a Buddhist for more than 30 years. I've also been a Unitarian Universalist for more than 15 years since 1991. I've been an EU ministry serving congregations in Wisconsin and Arizona. And as as it is from this reflection that I find myself fucking it meant to be an internationalist Buddhist. Um, my mother was a fundamentalist Christian. My father was a Robert Ingersoll. My father is a Robert Ingersoll atheist flecking I see that perhaps I was destined to become an internationalist may be or maybe an atheist or maybe a Buddhist. That blending of a deeply felt sense of spirituality with a first devotional reason could take one to either Unitarian Universalism or Buddhism. It turned out I found both. Well, wow, I learned something new about myself. So I had a fundamentalist Christian upbringing myself. At the same time, the people that I was often and still am the closest to relationally are atheists. So, I grew up with a deeply felt sense of secular spirituality, and let's revisit what that means, because I did many episodes talking about secular spirituality, but let's talk about it again. Secular spirituality is adherence to a spiritual philosophy without adherence to a religion. Secular spirituality emphasizes the personal growth and inner peace of the individual rather than a relationship with the um, the, the religious divine. Uh, secular spirituality is made up of the search for meaning outside of religious institutions. It considers one's relationship with the self, other's nature, and whatever else one considers to be ultimate often the goal of secular spirituality is living happily slash or helping others, right? So I grew up with a secular spirituality because I always knew that I was meant to have a fierce devotion of reason. And I thought, well, lately I feel like I've been a Buddhist and I already didn't buy a either, but it turns out that I'm mean going to turn the Buddhist. Wow. And I grew up with a sense of I'm being taught religion, but it's not spirituality to mm. me. Then he says, I remember a time not long after I left the Buddhist monastery, monastery that, that has been my home for several years. I needed a new spiritual home where I would not be actually denying my previous experiences, but where I could process those years of intensive monastic training from where I could go forward in new directions. I deeply relate to that. I deeply relate to that because that was indeed my path in life. Um, I had to leave the world of houses of worship in order to be truthful to my previous experiences so I could go forward in healthier directions for me. While I felt deep appreciation for techniques in meditation, spiritual practice I found at the core of Buddhism, which I've been recently doing too, I also felt a deep need to reconnect with my Western religious roots. Like is a number of churches, Orthodox Christianity just didn't work for me. I feel that. I feel that I was like, okay, how can I um, rethink my Western religious roots? Which I've was do, been doing recently, but then I said, you know what? The traditionalist conventional way of approaching Christianity it's not working for me. Their traditionalist conventional religion doesn't work for me. Then one day, I was arranging some old musty pamphlets at the books Bookstore while I was working. I came across a of William you know, Ellery Channing's Unitarian Christianity, Unitarian Christianity as the Baltimore Sermon. I remember so clearly standing at the pamphlet rack, reading through it and feeling a tingle of recognition went down my spine. I thought, this is the kind of Christianity that makes sense. Actually, I think any religion that is non-traditional and unconventional, meaning it's not dismissive of non-believers, very including of non-believers and not seeing non-believers eternally damned. That kind of religion I am intrigued by. The other types of religion that are eternally damning of non-believers I am I have zero interest for. Okay this exact Sunday I attended the local UU church. I quickly saw that been some movement away from Channing's faith, but I was even more excited by what I did find during the coffee hour following the service. some was introduced themselves to me, we talked. Eventually, one of them asked me what brought me to the church. I said that I was a Buddhist, although I had a great respect for in my childhood. That I was looking for a spiritual home that allowed my continuing quest. I would have. This is what I would say about my experience. Um, The kind of Christianity of my childhood, I don't have a great respect for because it was very black and white in thinking, very extreme, uh, very all or nothing, very narrow-minded, very one-track-minded, very closed-minded. Very small minded, very bigoted, very discriminatory, very prejudicial, very legalistic, uh, very lawless, at, in, to some extent, um, very judgmental, very hypocritical, very self righteous, very holier than now, so that's why I abandoned religious Christianity. Now I was asked, what I meant by Buddhism. I briefly outlined my belief that the human condition has been marked by disease, dissatisfaction, and angst. There's some fundamental satisfaction in condition. I would say the human condition is ultimately marked by a wholeness, oneness, and completeness. And I think that overall there's fundamental gladness about our human condition that I feel, but those are aspects of the human condition that I do wisely confront. The Buddha examines apparently universal human experience closely, he came to believe this pervasive unrest occurs as a natural consequence of our human consciousness. Looking at his analysis as a modern Western, I would frame what he said in the following way. We seem to have emerged as animals that could divide the world with our minds, perhaps the ability to distinguish between not me and me. Perhaps it is even more fundamental that the on and off of our firing brain synapses. However, it comes about this dualism as the source of human creativity and as made us the dominant species on this planet. But so this way of engaging the world also affects the side effect: We fall in love with the world that is created by our own perceptions. We desperately want the world to be complete, permanent, and real, but as we observe, our grasping after permanency for our loved ones, for ourselves, is doomed. The universe and everything, including me and me, are in flux, and what each of us perceives as me is actually a composite of many consequences. They will fall apart at some point to reshape, in a way it changes the nothing is exempt. Well, I would say to a lot of extent, it's true, but also self-perception you see as means can be actually you so it's not completely the rolling of the dice and trying to figure out what we are I would say for myself, I wouldn't say it's a natural consequence of human consciousness. That's what I would say, consequence of our human behavior. The consciousness is not the problem, but how we're being influenced can be good, great, bad, and ugly. And permanency, real, and completeness are metaphorical. Just because we want them to be physical, that doesn't mean dismiss them totally because metaphorical completeness, metaphorical premise, metaphorical realness is what we need to focus on. And as long as it's metaphorical, then metaphorically it doesn't have to fall apart. It could be reshaped. The parts that need to be reshaped, metaphorically reshape them. And the parts that need to stay the shapes that they are, metaphorically, keep them the way they are. Change is the rule sometimes. Staying the way things are are the rule other times. Nothing's exempt. I would say what is exempt is keep the goodness going, flowing, more importantly growing. The Buddha asserted that kind of Buddha does. We cling to what is passing as if it is permanent. We find the pervasive anguish, angst, the terrible sadness that seems to live within our human hearts. But there's good news. We don't have to suffer this way. The Buddha outlined a middle way to insight and peace. Attention is this middle way has three parts meditation, morality, and wisdom. Meditation is a spiritual technology wherein we closely examine without judgment everything, every thought, every emotion as and falls. Morality is a way of harmony in the universe and among our fellow creatures. Fellow beings is a much kinder way to put it. Wisdom is what emerged out of this practice of presence and harmony. I spoke to those who used one years ago. One said, Except for meditation, which you described sounds like an eternity universalist perspective, and suggests that eternity universalists might, might be even better at seeking ways of living harmony than Buddhists, especially when they manifest this quest as concerns concern for social justice. Hmm, I keep learning more about myself as I keep reading. My new friends went on to say that the Buddhists would five similar perspectives and all the currents of contemporary eternity universalism. Particularly in religious humanism, but there also seems to be now between the liberal Buddhism I described and liberal Christianity, Judaism, the Earth Center Faith, and the first one that we use. Wow, I keep learning me. No ideas, I've come to believe they were right. Man, it feels good to learn more about me. This blending of Buddhism and universalism began with 19th century transcendentalists. I'm actually a transcendentalist. I'm a transcendentalist. I'm a cultural creative. I'm a spiritual progressive. I'm a secular progressive. I'm a spiritual leftist. I'm a secular leftist. Um, I practice some aspects in Buddhism and it's in meditation. I'm a new thought person. I'm a new age person. I'm a sacred activist. I'm a sacred advocate. When I say sacred, I mean what's important. Also meaning completely lacking religiosis. Here we go. Such as Earl, Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau, Unitarian Elizabeth Palmer Peabody translated the first Buddhist text in English to so i mean, Unitarian and Muslim Universalists. Buddhist reflection about the nature of the world have, have contained in Unitarian Universalism and have become especially dynamic in recent years. Uh, Western Buddhism of many different schools who are now seeking ways to, int- to integrate the experience of East and West are discovering the eternal, eternal universalism as a true home. Recently, Buddhists have been integrated into this great Western tradition as a rich variation of our liberal religious themes. Certainly, we, even Buddhists, have family many treasures possibly most important offering the eternal universalism is religious education for our, ed- for our children. When we say religious, we're not talking about Typical meaning we're talking about hey, there are, if you would like to live these ways, there are inclusive, hospitable, and belonging ways approaching religion. It doesn't have to be fire and brimstone for eternity, as well as temporal. UE uh, religious education programs are perfect for Western Buddhists who want to raise children with some knowledge of ancestral religious but also with a world religious perspective, and of course, an openness to Buddhism. Many Western Buddhists have looked for ways to bring up perspectives into the world in a more engaged way. My first UE friends were right. Inter Universalism has long been committed to justice and social activism in ways that make sense to many Western Buddhists. Here we find both possibilities for enriching our lives and the lives of those we care about. And please to point out, we Western Buddhists also, also come bringing gifts. Probably the greatest gift we bring to Unitarian Universalism is meditation. There are a host of practices that might be useful to Unitarian Universals. Among these are concentration disciplines and the powerful practice of metta, love and kindness. I believe the most important are the practices of pure attention, vispa sana, zen and dog-sog-chin. Each is a variation of the original disciplines taught by the Buddha's immediate followers. Each has to do with simple and plain attention. Out of this paying attention, bare attention, just noticing generations of people have found a way through the traps of divided consciousness to see that we share a common ground of being. One teacher puts it this way, "We, we are each of us different stars and people, flies and dirt, but we all belong to the same family. We have a single family name. That name is the great science. silence is called Sanyata, emptiness. This is an emptiness that includes all things. We, we are, are unique, but we are also all of one family. Here we find the that for unitarian Universalist as for moral choice and social justice. The Western Buddhists bring a host of perspectives Unitarian universalism. Our, our perspectives might be as scholarly as investigations of ancient texts like the Laud Sutra or the rigorous logic of the Theravada, vada or as simple as faithful chanting of one of the revered mantras from china or tibet we up to have the full range of asian buddhist possibilities blending here in the west in new and exciting ways as all faith traditions can accompany into it's impossible to start new versus buddhism in terms of any one perspective it is rich and great thing we bring to entertain universalism and the joy for me is that anytime I'm transformed by my life as Unitarian um I am bring, beginning to see ways which turn Universalism is transformed by Buddhist presence. No one knows where this meeting of East and West in our Unitarian Universalist congregations will lead. Certainly one time will tell, but the journey is already wonderful, filled with splendid possibilities. Wow, I keep learning. I keep learning. So, yes, I'm a unitarian universalist Buddhist. I see myself as... Okay, when it comes to Christian unitarian universalism, I do believe that this God is too big to be contained in one person, one book, one tradition, or one time in history. To a you. Person like myself who has a Christ consciousness. That means no religiosity. We're all decent people, and that's all we focus on. And we're especially decent toward those who don't think like us, live like us, and live like and love like us. All right. I would say that the non-religious Jesus is an inspiration. And the non-religious teachings are profound. That non-religious teaching possesses a universally divine spark that is born in all of us and can be cultivated in our whole lives. long. So, what do I mean by divine in that sense? The goodness within us all. And divine, in this case, does not mean one way of being, of thinking, of perceiving, and that's it, no, 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 religiosity, definition of divine, I throw them all out, um, I do think, let's say, if there was a deity, I would not, because I'm open to all truth, let's say, hey, in life, could there be a deity, that's a question mark, um, is possible it also may not be possible but for the sake of a healthy argument this, for this one if there was a deity or a Christ figure both in one or the other I don't I don't think it's the traditional goddess trinity that most Christian churches promote I think the UU deity Let's say there was a deity. I would say he would be a Unitarian versus type deity. Let's say there's Christ's figure. It may be possible for that, may not be possible. Question mark. But I would say, let's say there is. The deity is an all is all loving as our universalist forebears taught. And the unity as our Unitarian forebears taught. That's how I um, I'm glad I can say that and be honest. Let's talk about, I'm a humanist unitarian universalist, meaning I find as a humanist, I find a home in universalism. I identify as secular, uh, questioning supernatural frameworks for creating meaning or morality. I put my um, convictions in the force of love or the spirit of life. I find that important. existing material world with reverence for the intricate web of interdependence and interrelationship that defines life on earth when I say spirit of life I'm talking about or the force of love for me both means the core and the center of being heart centered and being heartfelt something that's in us all I take the intellect seriously. I know deeply that each person is on a search for truth and meaning in life, and I've always been knowledgeable of reason and being within reason and affirming the findings of science. I share the natural human desires for a beloved and accepted community uh, a purpose greater than us just simply being here, which is a practice that resonates with our common humanity and shared mortality that are about honoring sound-mindedness and opportunities to work with other tough-minded, warm-hearted people to do good in the world, to help one another, attain the greatest possible fulfillment in life. So that would definitely be me. I'm non-dogmatic, and I honor the diverse paths we each travel. As long as they're harmless. We celebrate sport challenge when others we continue on these journeys. That is very true. Some human turn eternal virtual. Um I am pro science, I am pro reason, I'm pro evolution. I know there's no one right answer to comes to belief, and I don't let that stop me from taking action for a better world. I build a community that welcomes us all in our wholeness, churches, our doubts, advice our going search and truth. Um, I think that life's goodness are made manifest to so us not just in the not just in um, not just in how we treat each other well but in the simple pleasures of the everyday as well. I think that life's goodness are available to everyone, not just those who can recite a certain catechism. I think that human beings are responsible for the future, that history is in the hands of us people, and we can't leave it to um, Religious fundamentalists is a version of God, as well as an inexorable faith. So, inexorable faith. impossible to stop or prevent. why life is for a purpose, humans like me have struck against that question for money in a day and an age where so much is built to us by science. God conscious man may not be part of, our, you know, of people's lives, depending on who they are. Um, for me personally, I would say that I do not mind the concept of God if that is the truth. I do not mind the concepts of God's if, that is, if those are the truth. I do not mind the concept of Christ or Christ figures as long as it's not about I'm rescuing you and dealing with you because you're bad. I'd rather you preserve me because I have goodness potentiality that I'm I should be loved because there's no logical reason not to love, right? Yeah. So, I would say for mm-hmm. me, I do not know the religious definitions of God or God's Christ Christ figures mm-hmm. because it's all about being exclusionary. It's all about people exempting themselves from love loving others who do not think live and love is thinking. So I'm agnostic to that type of deity in Christ that you're only here for some but not all supposed to be for any and everyone meaning good people who don't agree on everything. And I would say in the atheist that I don't believe in any God or Christ figure that is human rights abusing. Um, I'm agnostic to deities of Christ figures that are human rights abusing. But if there is a God under gods, Christ figure and their Christ figures that are human rights honoring, I would be more than glad to know them. I wouldn't believe them because I would know them. Mm. There's a difference between hope and factual evidence. Mm. So, I mean, may be and agnostic to the type of deities of Christ figures that live speak people show because it's all about temporarily and eternally damning people who don't think, live, and love as they do. But if there are deities of Christ figures that do not temporarily and eternally damn people who don't think, love, and live as they do, I'll be more than glad to know those type of deities, Christ figures, and to respect those deities, Christ So, yes, I'm getting real raw and real. Huh. So, now you have a better understanding of what it means for me to rethink theism. I'll also say that I'm a person of agnosticism, is the assertion that a coherent definition of quote unquote God must be put forward before the question of God could be meaningfully discussed. The chosen definition is not coherent, that is not empirically testable. The agnostical is non cognitive that um, the existence of a tribalistic God is meaningless. The agnostic would say, I don't know what you mean when you say God exists. The term agnosticism, agnosticism is going to uh, reform Jewish Rabbi by Sharon Wine Ishmael that AJA or Theodore Dredge are the philosophers that see agnosticism as if atheists and Gnosticism on the grounds, atheism and Gnosticism still do accept God exists as a meaningful proposition which can be just be false atheism, still conclusive agnosticism. Well I wouldn't say that about atheism when it comes to accepting God exists because that type of God means bloodshed and life being over are horrible if you're not saying me. So, atheism is real and agnosticism is conclusive. let just want to say that. Um, so I'm of agnosticism. Um, so I am open to the concept of a loving God. I'm open to a loving God. I'm open to the concept of loving gods. I'm open to the concept of loving Christ figures. I'm open to the concept of a loving deity. Loving deity. I'm open to those concepts. If those are the truths, I'll accept them. But all the deities I've seen so far, the Christ we've seen so far, are in our arch nemesis of human rights. And I go, now, could there be an existence of a god or gods? Could be. Um, do I... Gladly confess my uncertainty with humility, of course. Do I want to be able to become closer to the deity, deities, Christ, Christ figures? It would be nice if those are the truths. I don't. I no longer despair of ever fully cooperating with what it is of which I am convicted of terms of my outlooks, my outlooks, my ways of seeing and thinking, uh, do I claim to know the existence of tribalist to God, tribalist the gods? No, I do not claim to know So I have what is called inner life agnosticism. It's not religious at the same time. It's secular secular, sacredness is important, but it's universal. So that's what theism means for me. That's what agnosticism means for me. I reject human rights abuses, whether they are considered of beings that are natural and supernatural. I don't know those beings, so now you understand what I mean. Um, Also, I'm a person who, you know, that I want the existence of him, a human rights honoring God and human rights honoring gods. If that is the truth, I want the truth and the truth. That's the truth. And I'm that I'm I'm ready to to go in that direction. I hope more evidence and evidence overall is available. I hope all the evidence is available for all the religious claims. I think the I think what is currently unknown is What are all the effective ways of concluding that God or gods exist or don't exist? I don't think we have all those ways of having yet. Do I think it will always be that way? That's a question mark for me because I don't know the future. But once I get all the proper evidence of whether God or gods exist or don't exist, then I will respond with wisdom to that. Um, could it be possible that God or gods exist? Possible, maybe. I say maybe, and it's possible because maybe that the God of gods we were told wasn't true. Maybe the God of gods we were told actually doesn't give us sin consciousness, but there's a God of the Bible that sin consciousness is rampant. So that type of God, I don't know, don't want to believe in, but the type of God or gods, I don't mind knowing if that is the truth. They won't have you believe that you were born to cause problems to any deity in Christ. We're going that for certain. Well, do I think that the existence of God or gods is necessarily unknowable? It may stay that way. It may not. That's a question mark. So I have open. Uh, I have an openness to all truths, all wisdoms, all facts, all evidences, all meaningful knowledge, all clarities, all discernments, and all wisdom, all art, that is, all uplifting. So now you also know where I stand. go what is the eightfold path the Buddha began and ended his teaching period with a death discussion on the eightfold path guidelines for living ethically training the mind cultivating wisdom that brings an end to the cause of suffering he spoke of the past his spoke, he spoke of the path in his first sermon immediately after his awakening the last teaching gave on his death to bed 45 years later the eightfold path is the fourth noble truth awaits awakening the Buddha is often described as a great physician, or healer, and the Eightfold Path, also called the Noble Eightfold Path, noble because following it can make us better people. Like the Buddha, can be viewed as his prescription for relief. Suffering is a disease, and the eight steps are a course of treatment that can lead us to health and well-being. We avoid the extremes of self-indulgence on the one hand and total self-denial on the other. For this reason, the Buddha called the eight the path, the middle way. The eight steps are one. Right view, two, right intention, three, right speech, four, right action, five, right livelihood, six, right effort, seven, right mindfulness, eight, right concentration. The path begins with right view, also called right understanding. We need to see clearly where we are headed before we begin. Right intention means the resolve to follow this path. Right speech, right action refers to what we say and do, to not harm other people, ourselves, with our words and behavior. Right livelihood means how we live day to day, make sure our habits and our work don't cause harm to ourselves and others. Right effort refers to focusing our energy on the task at hand. Right mindfulness means awareness of the mind and body with discernment. With mindfulness, we might pause and consider whether what we're doing is harmful to ourselves or others. Finally, right concentration refers to dedicated practice, whether it's meditation or chanting. In other words, once we have directed our minds and lives toward awakening, we can proceed. Though so the Eightfold Path is always listed in this order, is not strictly sequential. and does not need to be followed only in this order. The eight steps could be divided into three areas for training: ethical conduct, sila; concentration, samadhi; and wisdom, prajna. Right speech, right action, right livelihood concern ethical conduct. Right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration relates to the practice of concentration right and right intention are related to development of wisdom the eightfold path may not always be easy to follow but we make the effort because we believe it will lead us out of suffering so yes i follow the eightfold path um what are the three poisons greed hatred and delusion in his early teaching, the Buddha identified three poisons or three fires or three negative qualities of the mind that caused most of our problems and most of the problems in the world. Three problems are greed, raga, also translated as unhealthy lust. Not the same as healthy lust. Hmm. Hatred. The or anger, meaning unreasonable hatred. Hatred that is not about community upliftment at all. And delusion, maha, or ignorance. The unhealthy kind of ignorance. The three poisons are posed by three wholesome or positive attitudes, essential, liberation, generosity, dhamma, generosity, dhamma, loving kindness, maitri, metta, and wisdom, prajna. Buddhist practice is directed toward the cultivation of these virtues and the reduction or destruction of the poisons. Practitioners identify those thoughts that give rise to the three poisons that don't dwell on. All nurturing thoughts that give rise to the three positive attitudes. We don't need to look far to see the three poisons at work, we see them every day in the news and in the streets. If we pay attention, we can see them in our own mind and actions. The rising of these feelings may be outside our control. We don't choose to be angry, for instance, but recognize how great hatred, and delusion can cause tremendous harm in the world can help us learn to manage them. Likewise, just as swallowing poison later causes sickness, nurturing these harmful attitudes leads negative behaviors we will later regret. Though commonly referred to as poisons, the Buddha first introduced these mental attitudes as fires in the fire simulant, Aditya Parayaya Sata, monks. All is burning. Burning with what? Burning with the fire of lust, the unhealthy kind. The fire of hate, the unhealthy kind, of the fire of delusion, the the uh, you know, it's all unhealthy in this case. Fire is a central metaphor of Buddhism, typically as a negative quality of mind or consciousness. Putting out these fires is the goal of Buddhist practice. The word violence is derived from the it. extinguishing fire. Serip, serip, seripatra. One of the Buddhists' chief disciples act, was once asked, What is nirvana into so the destruction of greed, destruction of anger, the destruction of, del- of delusion, this is nirvana? Three poisons are depicted as the of the world life, five-five chakra, a vicious reputation for sorrow, of samsara Greed is depicted as a rooster, hatred as a snake, and delusion as a pig. Poorly, they literally feed off one another. Each animal consuming the tail end of the other in a vicious cycle of delusion. The centrality of the three poisons demonstrates their role in power in the cycle of birth, death, the rebirth, escape, which is nirvana. Okay. So those three poisons have nothing to do with me. And emotions are not negative. It's more about what you do with them. I know my best friend I would love to hear that. Ultimately, the Buddha realized that both indulgence and deprivation for equal use is even detrimental to his goal of achieving awakening. Um, having found fault with both extremes, the Buddha embraced the middle path in between. In his first sermon, he expounded this middle way along the Eightfold Path and his for right behavior. The Buddha began his first speech by telling his listeners to take the middle way, the middle path to an extreme asceticism. Hold him for just a minute, charging my. You see, there we go. That way I don't have to I have technological focus. Here we go. The Buddha began his first teaching by retelling his listeners, taking it away. The middle path between extreme asceticism on one hand and sensual indulgence on the other. This exhortation to moderation underlies much of Buddha's thought through the centuries and across traditions. Um here's the story. The buddhist time was a period of great religious upheaval and experimentation Wandering renunciates from various sects SCCTS, seeking spiritual fulfillment and freedom from the suffering of life became a common sight on the gangetic plane before he was known as the buddha or awakened one, he was a siddhartha gautama and an open living luxury below. he left his home renounced the lifestyle embraced the other streams aesthetic practicing modifying austerities Statues, depict, you know that's why he was saying okay Statues, depicting this period of the Buddha's life, show an enunciated figure with all his roots, with he sits meditating, and said he survived his food grains for us a day. Those two extremes are bad. That's what he was talking about. teaching of the four noble truths is not that life is destined to be nothing but suffering but that the means of finding liberation from suffering is always available to us and since Buddhism is not pessimistic as many people assume but optimist basically Secular Buddhism supports a culture of awareness, encouraging, and availability teaching and practice. Buddhism supports a culture of development in pers- incorporating personal growth with, inter- with interpersonal growth to improve social interaction in society. Secular Buddhism supports a culture of awakening, finding inspirations from secular sources alike, including um, sources that, are, that we metaphorically. We, according to just um, text, we read them metaphorically, not literally. Secular Buddhism is naturalistic; that it references natural causes and effects, demonstrate and, and did much on the known world. We don't mind um, the evidence of supernatural miracles if you're able to find them and have them; they're all legitimate. Which, in terms of you know. Adding more wisdom that's already there. Hey, change our minds means that we're we're, we're going to open our mind to that. Those efforts to be found. Sacred Buddhism is form independent, naked, flexible for integration to day life and a variety of cultural contexts. Sacred Buddhism is inclusive, fostering learning and practicing across cultural traditions sacro Buddhism, in a sense, community of practitioners is integral to the positive development of society. secular Buddhism, in a sense, one of truth as an accurate empirical description of the experience of living as a methodology of understanding social behavior. Well, it's like basically, um, who we are. Secular Buddhism values all people as being capable of and having equal rights to understanding and practice. Secular Buddhism values sharing authority and responsibility among peers. Secular Buddhism values meaningful dialogue, critical examination for the purpose of critique, improvement of understanding and practice. Secular Buddhism values individual preference and creativity in the forms of practice appropriate to us. No one person, no one religion can contain all religious truths. Um, Let me say that I said it wrong. No one person, no one religion can say that they are the possessors of all truths because no one is. I am for the inherent wealth, worth, and dignity of every person. I am for just equity, compassion, and relations. I am for acceptance of one another, encouragement to uh, inter- internal growth and in, and our uh, inclusive congregation, we say congregation, we're talking about religiosity, talking about being around people who don't think live and love like us and not just people who think live and love like us. A free response search for truth and meaning the right of consciousness, democratic process and accommodation, society at large. Goal of world community with peace and justice for all. Respect for the independent web all existence, which we are a part. So I am for facts not faith. Because I don't want to believe and hope. I want to have knowledge and intimacy. I'm for humanist teachings and counselors to lead the guidance of reason and the results of science and oneself as ideology of the mind, and spirit. Spiritual teachings of earth, to traditions, to celebrate the sacred cycle of life and instruct us to live calmly through nature. Sacred for me means again, no religiosity means important. Direct experience of the transcending mystery and wonder from all cultures, which moves us to renew of the spirit and openness to the forces which created the whole life. Words and deeds of prophetic people, I say prophetic, talk about people who are willing to um, speak what is real, what is genuine, and they're transparent and empathetic ways. Words are decent, and when I say prophetic, there's no religiosity. Words and deeds of prophetic people, which challenges to confront powers and structures of evil with justice, compassion, and transforming power. Of the I would say wisdom from all all sensible paths inspires us in our ethical dispersion, our ethical internal life. So. I get wisdom from the world's religions by interpreting the world's religions metaphorically, not literally. So when I say wisdom from the world's religions, I'm of natural spiritual life, meaning I grow as a person by my metaphorical interpretations of all the religious texts. I say spiritual, I don't mean religious, I'm talking about who I am in my own heart that I myself to be. And it says Jewish and Christian teachings are supposed to respond to God's love, love, neighbors ourselves. This is what, how I interpret that. Let's, if there is a human rights honoring um, force or forces out there, let's say that's the truth. I respond that force forces love by loving it with ourselves. If that is the truth, then that's what I go by. Jewish Christian teaching calls respond to God's love, love with ourselves. I also interpret that as so. uh I would look at those things as making sure that otherism and and atomizing are gone. If the Jewish or Christian teachings are true, that's what I go by. I'm open to all truths being true and I'm open to what we've been taught as truth being all disproven too. I'm open to both, right? As a seeker, I recognize that we're privileged to be free to have resources to pursue life beyond mere survival, to pursue the search for truth and meaning, to exist beyond bonds of doctrine and oppression, to rest so freely with truth and meaning as we evolve. And my life's democratic process requires uh, for me. Awareness and development of each individual conscious may be that such development is possible for each of us who wants to to cultivate our own conscience. I want us to know and to live to know that a world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all is possible. Reverence and respect human nature is at the core of universalist conviction. I know that all the dimensions of our being cared the potential to potentially do good. Justice, equity, compassion, and relations point toward the larger community. It's at collective responsibility, mindset, treating people as human beings, is not simply something to do one on one, but something that has systemic implications can inform our entire culture way of being. Spirit, you know, our growth as people isn't about a vertical centathema, but about growth in every dimension at once, especially. It's who we are in 3D. I mean, now, I tend to reject all religious definitions of supernaturalism, miracles, death life, and all the religious claims when it comes to the beliefs, police, practices, and text because it's all about, as I said again, temporarily and, etern- and eternally. Damning non-believer psycho. All of your supernaturalist definitions, because they I mean everything, are all, are all to be beyond. bullshit to me. But if you have supernatural, all supernatural definitions that are temporarily and eternally, having knowledge in paradise with the believers then I would be open to knowledge into what the God of God's Christ Christ figures. I don't mind Christ figures as long as they're not also about um I died because you suck. Or I only came on Earth because you suck. I'm a bitch because you suck. No, preserve me because I'm already good. Preserve me because I'm already have the potentiality to be and do good. And preserve me because that's what you do with qualities and different refrigerator. So that's how you price. Preservation. We all have to preserve what's good about us. So, if there is a Christ figure, there may have been one, may not have been one. The Christ figures may have been them, may not have been Christ figures. There may have been deities, may have not been deities. There may be deities, may may not be deities. You know what I mean? But overall, I would say. Okay, you, if, uh, if you are a DG, so Christ is struck on this. I dare say that uh, if all of your supernaturalism definition are inclusive of non-traditional, uh, uh, non-conventional people like me who are harmless, and I don't mind your heaven, I don't mind your God, I not mind your Jesus. I think the term Christ for me has nothing to do with religion, it has everything to do with, we're all sent here to help people with self liberation community liberation at some point and none of it is pious for me at all our seventh principle may be our unitarian versus way of coming to fully embrace something greater than just being here and it's been a of spirit of life to ground up all being a one as well exist community of the process i'm sorry our seventh principle may be our unitarian versus way of coming to fully embrace something greater than just being here the independent web expressed the spirit of life, the ground of all being, the one of small existence, the community forming power, the process of life, the greatest force, even God, as I non-religiously have already defined it, can help us develop that social understanding for ourselves that we in our culture desperately need as a source of living to which we can dedicate our lives. Yeah. Again, it reminds us that treating people as human beings is not simply something we do one on one, but something that systemic implications can inform our entire culture, way of being. Like the seven principles <laughs> in the 10 verses, the corresponding principles in this continue to be the ground in which we walk and work together. As we know, that in the first show, sure, are you Universalists, You may also be a humanist. As the paper indicates, many people are we to be a unitary universalist and humans. We stand together on the same side in support of our shared common values. We are more than the first cousins, we're siblings. So, I mean, a unitary universalist humanist as well. Now, So far, I'm really doing well express expressing I've and feeling. I just want to say that. My inter- my secular interpretation of Jesus means that he's the ancient version of Robert F. Kennedy and Bernie Sanders mixed together. That's the Jesus of history that I think may have been around. I don't think that the Jesus that has been painted according to media depictions are truly accurate that said Jesus. I think that Jesus is someone that has been misrepresented by people who like to weaponize Jesus against people that don't that don't call themselves Jesus followers. I think the Jesus of history was A mixture between the universality type of empathy and universality type of endearance. I think Jesus' history was not religious. In the sense that he wasn't big on religion. He's big on having a neighborly heart. I don't think the Bible writers got Jesus correct. It's easy to attribute to Jesus, even in the form of his quotations, Father, how that God was where Jesus came. I don't think Jesus could be easily assigned anything a cruelty to I'm talking about the real Jesus. Um, because I think the Bible writers painted Jesus in a, um, in a, my way or the highway type way, and that's not the way it's absolutely accepting of nuances and complexities and gray areas and the shades and gray mean gray areas. And, uh, the unfilled blanks, the unanswered questions, the mysteries the uncertainties, the enigmas, and the polarities that life passed off. So that's type of Jesus is the Jesus that I appreciate. And that's the type of Jesus that um, if that Jesus is real I hope so I'm not sure I hope but I want to get another that type of Jesus and have inner intimacy with that type of Jesus When I say intimacy regarding religion I'm talking about internal I-N-T-E-R-N-A-L the last one I said about Jesus that I'm willing to do life together with someone like the Jesus history. I think the Jesus history was he wasn't super obsessed with being seen as divine or apocalyptic or such more philosopher I think he was so big of being seen as a person who doesn't shun the least of the these of black I just think that the Bible's got him wrong that they only made this Jesus history out to be for Christians. No Jesus is more for the non-Christians and the Christians. There's of christians with people that Jesus didn't get to spend enough time on or to what is written. But I think that I think that I'm better off in the secular world than the faith-based That goes, my Jesus, for me to be myself. I never wish where I was then. It was rough for me to be. Without what the older adults were telling me, and the older adults were telling me. I think that human rights-honoring religion is outdated, harmful to individuals, harmful to society, impediments to the progress of science, sources of immoral acts and moral customs, and political tools for abuse of social control. When I say human rights-honoring, I'm talking about the type of religions that are about being compassionless instead of being compassionate. Plus, I hate that traditional religion okays honor killings, stoning bigoted views against children, gay people, trans people, queer people, Supportive of racism, supportive of misogyny, supportive of uh, devaluing the lives of and animals, and being anti-science, anti-research, anti-thinking for yourself, anti-critical thinking, anti-studying, anti-talking to the thought about what matters. It's like had these views. But you only will keep those who act like you live by the shoes as long as we're cool, but when we're not. Certainly, I have to say, I was never conceived, and I was never showing with my two eyes, so that is very much, I just gotta tell you the truth, that's very much fucked up. That's very much bullshit. That's very much assholeness That's very much... pure hell. Now that is absolutely true. The Theistic religious human the compassion, morality, and greed. The Bible takes when injunctions follow one's conscience over scripture positive actions. Are supposed to reach you not from compassion, but the fear of punishment. Albert Einstein said that no religious basis is needed on to express blood
1: faith.
0: And we tell him. Mm, I love the points they make it because those are my same concerns too. Violent autonomy and violent integrity are divided by many people who use religion to those things. terms of displaying negative attitudes towards girls and women's bodies, than you have. Most fundamentalist Mormon sects within the Latter day Saints movement re- rejected the church's 1978 decision to allow black men to priesthood free. So in accordance with its the view, they tend to deny black people's right to play an active role in church president their race. Due to these beliefs, in the spring 2005 intelligence report, other pop also that the, the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to take group listening because the church is teaching of race, which includes strong condemnation into racial relations. Wow. The Church of Jesus Christ Latter day Saints had excluded African Americans from 1849 to 198. Wow. The content of the Holy Books of Abraham religions takes the, the rights of women rights from women from certain activities require women to submit to the of their father and or Religion gives authority to traditional patriarchal beliefs about the essentially supporting nature of women and national separate roles such as the need for women to be confined to the private world of the home and family, that women should be obedient to their husbands, make their husbands their gods, that women's sexuality should be modest under control of their menfolk, not use contraception or abortion of to childbearing, the practice of such age police interferes proudly with women's ability to access human rights. A detailed study in 1978 found 140 instances of Deaths of children due to religion based medical neglect. Most of these cases will have parents who held medical care and blood on prayer to cure the child's disease. So, some have criticized the effects of the adherence to dangerous practices to self denial and altruistic suicide. One well known in Western countries, honor killings are now extremely rare occurrence while well, they still occur in other parts of the possible world. Honor killing occurs when a person is killed by the family for bringing dishonor or shame upon them. religious concepts, some criticism of religion has been, um, religion is wrong as it is in conflict with science, Genesis, Christian myth, Hindu-Christianism, revelations conflict internally, the scriptures in the Bible among the four gospels, the testament. Jerusalem syndrome, Jerusalem has loaned its name to a unique psychological phenomenon where Jewish and Christian individuals should developed. Obsessive religious-themed ideas religious and beliefs, sometimes believing themselves to be Jesus Christ, when not properly, feel compelled to travel to Jerusalem. Stoning is a form of capital punishment in which a group, by a person, will throw themselves to the person dies. Since September 2010. Stoning is a punishment that is included in the loss of some countries that is included in the loss of some countries, including Saudi Arabia, Sudan, Yemen, the United Arab Emirates and some states in Nigeria's punishment for Sina al adultery of married persons. While stoning may not be called the laws absent in Somalia, both countries have seen several incidents of stoning to death. So you have suppression scientific progress. John William Draper and Andrew Wixon and White authors the conflict thesis of that when a religion offers a complete set of answers to the problems of purpose, morality, origins, or science. The often discourages exploration of these, uh, of these areas by suppressing curiosity, denies its follows a broader perspective and can prevent social moral scientific progress. Example Signx, writers include the trial Galileo Cordano Bruno's execution. Holy War and
1: Rich Terrorism.
0: While terrorism is a complex subject, it's like that terrorists are partially, res- partially restored by the religious views that God supports and avoids their actions. These conflicts are among the most difficult to resolve, particularly both sides believe that God is their side and has endorsed
1: the moral righteousness of their
0: For example, Stephen Weinberg says that it takes religion to make good people do evil. Be Bertrand Russell, which is a dogma religiously inspired or justified violence, resistance to social change, resistance to social justice, attacks on science, repression of girls and women, and repression of gender and sexual diversity, and I uh, just focus on gender and sexual diversity, too. And then... Sean Hartog has claimed that major religious moral calls can lead to an us versus them group solidarity and mentality which can lead people to dehumanize or to dehumanize individuals or outside of their group by portraying them as individuals who are either less worthy or not fully human. This results the results of attitude can vary from mild discrimination to outright genocide. have child marriage issues, dying and childbirth issues, not having minimum age for marriage issues,
1: pedophilia issues.
0: Homosexuality and transgenderism are unambiguously condemned in Abrahamic religious where prohibition and execution goes to engaging male. Homosexual activity, as well as transgenders, and I found the Old Testament, the Bible, and the Quran. Homosexuals and transgenders are also condemned in the New Testament several times without obligatory punishment.
1: And the views of animals are not specifically laid out in religious texts. So they never take a stand against animal, cruelty animal abuse, which is sad and frightening.
0: Christianity has been criticized for betraying women as sinful, untrustworthy, deceitful desire to seduce and incite men into sexual sin. Catherine Roch argues that Christianity is misogynistic, that the dread of female seduction could be found in St. Paul's epistles. A.K. <laughs> Ruffin argues that like, the legacy of Christian misogyny was consolidated by so called fathers of the church, like Torchilian, Tur- who thought a woman was only the gate of the devil, but also a temple built over a sewer. Uh, Jack Hall argues that the concept of fall of man is misogynistic, as myth that blames women for the ills and sufferings of mankind. That's why women are misogynistically called temptresses. In The Middle Ages and early modern period, Christian religious figures were involved in witch trials, which were generally held in order to punish a certain I'm sorry. The Middle Ages and the early modern period, Christian religious figures were involved in witch trials, which were generally held in order to punish or a certain in for independent women. That Schmidt witchcraft was often gotten evidence or an activists, we have this unnecessary harmful female, gen- female gen- genital mutilation problem. With the, when, the range of sex with, when the purposes range from deprivation of sexual satisfaction, when the purposes range from deprivation of sexual satisfaction, to spiritual adultery, ensuring virginity to their husbands, or generating parents of virginity. They got the violence against women proud. Islamic laws have been criticized by rights organizations for exposing women to mistreatment and violence convincing women for important right birth contribute to the discrimination of women. And religion, is all over the place with animal rights. You got these ritual slaughters, cruelty to animals. Best I think it's largely in part by the distrust of snakes that was attributed to the Genesis story. So and I also want to say that it's sad that slavery, genocide, supersessionism, the death penalty, violence, patriarchy, sexual tolerance, and colonialism, and problem of evil are attributed to
1: uh
0: attributed to people who are spineless meaning people who use these things without logic they just want to dominate people's bodies and social to find sickening so they want soul integrity soul autonomy of other people
1: which is just sick so Now you fully understand all of my views on religion. And before I close this episode, all of my sex partners are all of my standards of beauty inside and outside.
0: My one month break from talking about religion and sex starts after I say that I make 20 seconds out of 22. That's when I talk about religion and sex again. My one month breaks from religion and sex in terms of doing episode starts
1: right now.